Hey, Lindsay. Yeah, Christy. What kind of socks does a gardener wear? I don't know. Garden hose. Okay. I should have seen that coming. Has <laughs> <laughs> been bad. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, gardeners. And wannabe gardeners. And people who love native plants. Oh, you're in the right place. And welcome back, Lindsay. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It's great to have you to talk about native plants this week. Yes, I'm excited for this one. I gotta say, I'm surprised we haven't done this topic before. It seems like such a natch. I don't know why it hasn't come up before, but it didn't occur to me. And it's so, it was so fun to work on. Oh, yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned how much I... Uh, how many native plants I don't have in my garden. I could, I'm going to stand to improve a little, but I'm gonna. Well, folks, you're going to hear all about native plants in a little bit, but first we want to tell people that July 8th is National Blueberry Day. Is it? <laughs> That's a good day. I wish we could grow blueberries in Colorado. Yeah, I. there's some wild ones, aren't there? Well, I think they like a more acidic soil than we oh, have out here. Oh, well, that's hard to come by around these parts. Yeah. Because I know only too well. Well, those folks who do have blueberries, July 10th is pick a blueberry day. Oh, <laughs> can I? And invite me. <laughs> I'll pick them and I'll even let you have some of them. Nice. <laughs> and July 16th, fresh spinach day. Oh, I'm not going to be able to celebrate that one. Why not? Because my spinach is only two inches tall. Oh. And it's been that way <laughs> since I planted it like oh dear. weeks and weeks ago. You can have the tiniest little salad. I will. I'm going to make one of those little hamster-sized salads. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I knew how great fresh spinach was when I was a kid. Because all I knew that spinach was was the stuff that came canned yeah. that was served at school lunches. Like the slop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I loved the slop myself, which is so weird, I know, but I did. But uh, I'll just have to imagine what fresh spinach right out of the garden tastes like because I'm not going to know. Well, I can't celebrate fresh spinach day either, Lindsay. No? Oh, uh, why not? Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about what happened in Christie's garden this week. Oh, okay. So... I, you know, I work downtown Denver, which is maybe like four miles away from my house, mm-hmm. and we could see the clouds sort of appearing, oh, and yeah. it rained, and it did, it hailed a little bit, but no big deal, and then I walked over to a stage reading, and folks, this is a really great activity, if you ever get a chance to do one, it's where actors are at music stands, and they read the play out loud, almost kind of like a radio play, or like listening to a podcast in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was really wonderful. In fact, there were a lot of folks surrounding Upside Down Tulips there. Oh, no kidding. Um, Edith was there. Um, Johnny Hardscribble was there. Emma, who plays the Yard Nazi. Oh, yes. She's so great at that. Jason, who does I'm a Boil. 
uh, Josh and Jim, who do our succession mm-hmm. parodies, and Michael Morgan, who essentially was playing like every male voice for the first two year. It, of it's the like a real who's who of upside down tulips. It was. Well, when I walked in the room, all of a sudden people had this like deathly look on their face. And Edith came up to me and she goes, Christy, have you been home? Uh oh. And I went, No, what happened? And everybody who lived in my neighborhood said, Be prepared. That there was a huge hailstorm. Oh no! And Lindsay, I was like, "Yeah, that probably wasn't that bad. Things bounce back, you know. It's okay if things you get hail in June, and you know it's it's gonna be fine." And that was June 29th. Oh, I'm guessing it wasn't fine. Lindsay, my vegetable garden looks like a chopped salad. Oh no! Everything is gone. No. The tomato plants have been stripped. The hail actually, I had green tomatoes on it, and the hail hit the green tomatoes and smushed the tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. The lettuce is all gone. I had sunflowers in there that have just been decimated. I don't even know what happened to them. Oh, my no. Broccoli, gone. Cabbage, gone. There are a couple of stray pepper plants that are okay, Um, but and then the flowers, of course, are just all... Just stripped. There was there the, the the so much hit the trees that my gravel driveway looked green. Oh my goodness! You just stripped them all down. It, and... All the leaves on the trees are all gone. Oh. You could just kind of tell like what was protected by the house and what wasn't. Uh-huh. I have bushes that. I mean, it looks like early spring. Oh no, Christy! I'm so it sorry. Just, that was so terrible. So disappointing. I was. I think I'm still kind of a little bit of shock about it. You know, I'm. I. <sighs> So anyway, I lost everything. Oh, gosh. A huge mess. Sickening. I got to clean it all up, and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that some things might come back oh. and replant, and I did some, like, emergency tomato plant shopping so I can throw some tomato, at least have some, toma- some tomatoes, yeah. plants. But here's the other tricky part, Lindsay, is that um, two weeks ago I got talked into having my yard and garden be a part of the Wheat Ridge Garden Tour. Oh, oh no. <laughs> why all these? Why? So I'm going to have a bunch of people come in and like, look at the garden and, oh. you know. Just be like, look at my grief. See the heartbreak. <laughs> Mourn I, with I, me. That Maybe they will be happy. But the woman from the garden tour came by. After all of this, and said, just wanted to come by and take some pictures of your garden for the brochure. And oh. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Look at this. And she's like, well, maybe it'll come back. And I go like, yeah, these tomato plants are not coming back. <sighs> That's not. I mean, you know what I'm. You know what I'm gonna have to do, Lindsay. What? I'm just gonna have to buy a bunch of annuals. Well, your garden will be beautiful. <laughs> Things. With all of those annuals, you might be surprised too. Some stuff, some right. herbs and things are surprisingly resilient. Some things look like they might be okay, but I would say like 80% of it is trash. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. It's I just so like my heart just breaks for you. It's so sad. Oh. Yeah. Well, enough about me, Lindsay. <laughs> How's your garden doing? <laughs> I don't. I feel like there's n- there's not a, there's nothing I could say. You better not complain point. about anything. I know. <laughs> I was going to complain about a little bit, like my too small spinach, but now I think I won't. <laughs> I, think, oh. 
I just, um, oh my gosh. Well, it, you know, it's going okay. Good. Um, the beans are up and doing and flowering a bunch. Nice. My tomatoes are, the Cherokee purple is very small and is staying small for some reason, but the hmm. others are doing something. Oh, good. But the sun gold has gotten, it's not a complaint. <laughs> Caveat. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> it's got these yellowing leaves. Oh, sure. And I took um Pinch them off. I took a bee. I've been pinching them off, but they don't look um, diseased. Okay. But they've got these bright yellow spots. Anyway, I took a picture and sent it to somebody at one of our local nurseries. Bright yellow spot sounds like a fungus. Yeah. She said she thought it was maybe just too much water. That could be true. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do about that because it's a rainy season in Denver still. Really rainy. So, Which we shouldn't complain. No, we shouldn't. Because we sure needed the water, but. Yeah, so I'm. Playing around with like how to fertilize it, give it enough calcium. I don't know uh-huh. what all it needs, but um, that's doing pretty well. And um, I think that our topic is well placed because oh, good, the yes. front is um uh, the soil every time it rains, which is constantly now the soil from the slope in front just washes down onto the sidewalk because I pulled all the weeds out. Mm. It was just a giant weed bed, and I have planted things like alyssum and impatiens and vinca and all these things to try to make it pretty, but like hold it down that way. And it's it's not been quite enough. So I just am constantly scooping dirt off the sidewalk and chucking it back up in the slope and it just washes down again. Oh, And I think that um, I might need some native plantage. You might need native plants. To the rescue. I think that might be the way to go, so... Good. That's how it's going. Uh, what about your little rosemary plant? Did you decide to repot it? I or- did. I did. I repotted it. It's doing great. And I've taken two little cuttings off of it and put them in some seed starter just to have like some backups. And those seem to be doing all right too. Oh my so goodness. I might get a few rosemary plants out of this. Maybe I can gift them to somebody. You have the magic touch for it. Well, I don't know if I can. I might be the magic luck for it, but I'm really pleased so far. And I will say this, mm-hmm. my rosemary plant is alive. Oh yeah. It was protected underneath a tree. That's good. Underneath a lot of leaves uh-huh. i found it there it was oh i'm Happy so glad green, so. i'm so glad that there's that uh-huh. you have a really robust rosemary that rosemary alive and kicking yay 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 to our rosemary yes wonderful bless them both well friends if there are words or terms that you don't understand uh you all you need to do is check out the always funny and sometimes informative upside down dictionary which is at upside down tulips.com yeah, check it out. It's a good we, one. It's a good, good resource. We have uh, also things on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. If you want to see pictures of my shredded garden, oh. you can go to our Facebook page. I'm just sick about it. Yeah. I just feel sick oh, about it. Oh, and thanks so much to our garden party members. We are so grateful for you. Because of you, we get to keep doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, like Lindsay, you're a member of the garden party. Thank you so much. <laughs> you betcha. My, uh, my privilege. Uh, and that just means that you are a member of Upside Down Tulips. You throw us a couple bucks each month so that we can offset um, the expenses of what it takes to produce a podcast. And and also, we in exchange, we give you um, some nice... Uh, gifts and rewards like seeds from our gardens or some fun merch 
with the Upside Down Tulips logo. And if you want to do that, you always think, you know what, I've always thought I should do that. But then I always forget, well, now's the time to just go down to the show notes and click on that link. This is the time. Clink on the link. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, you know what I think we need right now is we need to do something funny. Oh, yes, we do. We do. Got to lighten the mood. So just for gardeners, we have our handcrafted pot plays. The Mission Impossible movie is opening up next week. I didn't even know that. This is Mission Impossible, like number four or five, something like that. Those missions didn't seem so impossible after all, I guess. (laughs) I guess they worked out okay. (laughs) So what if there was a Mission Impossible for the gardener? Yeah. Please enjoy Aeration Implausible. Cap, 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 cap. Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by... Identify. Agent Ethel Gather. Agent confirmed. Agent Gather, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to restore life to a neglected garden suffering from compacted soil. You must infiltrate the yard, aerate it covertly, and rejuvenate it into a lush paradise. What happens if I say no? Do we all just die? I'll do it, okay? This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Okay, let's break this down, folks. Miller Moth, you are in center position on the roof. I've got my eyes in the sky. Aphid, you're the guy at the laptop who times things. Don't let the computer bugs bite. Fiona, you're the one with the foreign accent. Rightio, matey. And here's where I come in. I need the most advanced aeration equipment on the market, capable of penetrating even the toughest soil. Don't get your knickers in a twist, Ethel. Meet the Silent Spike Master 3000 aerator. It will penetrate soil silently, as if the plants themselves approved. Time to aerate this garden and bring it back to life. Operation Deep Breathing is a go. The gardener is coming home in 30 seconds, Ethel. Just need to activate the Silent Spike Master 3000 aerator. Glide across the garden like a shadow, leaving a trail of neatly spaced holes in my way. Three seconds, Ethel! The countdown is not helping, Aphid. One second, Ethel! So all that just took one second, huh? And done. Mission accomplished. Excusez-moi? Not so fast, Ethel. You're not Fiona, the one with the foreign accent. That's right. Underneath this Scooby-Doo mask. I am that rogue agent turned pesticide dealer, and I am here to pin all my pesticide crimes on you. Well, rogue agent, meet the Silent Spike Master 3000. <laughs> Looks like I have to run. Okay, that's enough. Whew, I should not skip leg day. And now get on this lawnmower. And jump onto this rototiller and then use this weed whacker to propel myself over the fence onto this waiting helicopter. Right on time, Miller Ma. Mission accomplished. What's done is done when I say it's done. Okay, mission accomplished. Oofta, I gotta start getting someone else to do these stunts. My garden is beautiful, with rich, fertile, properly draining soil and full, healthy plants with an adequate exchange of water and oxygen within the spaces between soil particles.
Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by the Silent Spike Master 3000 for all your gardening and implausible aeration needs. Okay, Corrections Corner. Oh, just found out from our excellent and enigmatic engineer, there have been, this is the seventh mm-hmm. Mission Impossible movie. So Tom many Cruise. missions. I would say the, they were missions that worked out okay is what they should call them. <laughs> But that doesn't seem as exciting. This is why I don't market movies, but that would be my suggestion. You know, Tom Cruise must have such expensive insurance because he does all those stunts. He must. There must be a company that was created just to insure him. Yeah, that's right. His own. His deductible must be huge. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Native plants. Before we decided to talk about this topic, Lindsay, I have to confess, I didn't really understand what a native plant was. I think I kind of knew, but I I don't think I really had a very good idea of it. Or I didn't know what I as what I thought I knew. I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Well, this is what we know now. Okay. Native plants are plants that evolved over hundreds or thousands of years in your area. Right. They grew naturally in your area before humans began to bring in outside plants to grow and farm. And these are these native plants adapted to the climate and the cultural conditions of your area and became part of the ecosystem. So plants may be native to North America, but not necessarily to every state in the United States. Right. A lot of different climate and ecosystems in this country. Uh, such a great point, because a plant that is like native to an area of Maine, um, but not near Portland, Oregon, um, would always be um, native to New England, but not to right. the United States. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. So what's so great about native plants? Why should we have them? So many things. This was really interesting to dig into. Um, I liked learning about this a lot. And some of it I knew and a lo- some of it I didn't. Um, they take a lot less work and resources um, from you yourself as a gardener. Um, they've adapted to your local climate, to your soil conditions, they have a symbiotic relationship mm. with the local critters and insects and pollinators. So they're just ready to like be in the soil that we have already and to thrive there. As opposed to, you know, getting some plant that's not native, mm-hmm. that's going to take a while to acclimate yeah. or just always be unhappy. Yeah. Or take all, it's going to take a lot of fertilizer. Mm. It's going to take the pesticides. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the herbicides, whatever it is that's going to, um, and, and a lot of work and, and maybe even a lot more water. It's, it's certainly true in our neck of the woods mm. in here we are in the West yeah. when all we do is collect and worry about water. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's a... Even with massive amounts of rain and hail, it's still something we think about and talk about all the time. It's a mistake I made as an early gardener Mm because I was always thinking about like, oh, I would love to have hydrangeas, as folks know. And hydrangeas are not native to Colorado and they're not a native plant. They're not they're not acclimated. And so I spent a lot of money buying hydrangea plants and and the plant was just unhappy and I would never water it enough and they would always die. And, you know. You go like 30 bucks. Gosh, yeah, those are expensive. For a hydrangea plant. And so finally, I just had to accept the fact that I cannot grow hydrangeas. And then, but now I have more native plants in my yard. That makes so much sense. It's it's heartbreaking when you keep like, you try, you work so hard for something and then you just can't make it thrive where you want it to be. And then, but sometimes you got to work, work smarter, not harder. (laughs) 
That's um, nice. That's a t-shirt. It's sure. It's it's a something. <laughs> um, we have a, and this is a big one. Um, it's something that I'm learning from. A so, it prevents soil erosion. Oh, to your point from earlier. Yeah. Uh, the they tend to have these really deep roots that a store water. Mm. They use less water. Um, they're really good at sequestering and holding carbon out of the air. Wow. Um, and they uh, also hold down the dirt. Uh-huh. And uh, and I guess that makes sense because if native plants like the soil that yeah. they are in, they will have their roots will go deeper into mm-hmm. whatever soil you have. Mm-hmm. Around now my neighbor my yard is kind of a mixture of some parts but it's mostly clay, a lot mm, of yeah. clay. And so if you have a plant that can really love that clay, mm-hmm. gets in there, will hold the soil in, prevent erosion. Yeah, I um Really need to get some native, uh, some native plants in the front slope in front of my place because I did a, a kind of a bit of a rookie mistake, I guess. I took out all these weeds that were ugly, but they were holding the dirt down. <laughs> and you know, um, like the dust bowl back in the '30s uh-huh. was because farmers, settlers came in and they plowed up all of these native prairie grasses with mm. these really deep roots that were holding the topsoil down. And then when there was a drought and those crops wouldn't grow, there was no native anything to hold it down. And it just blew the hell and back. It we just need to learn up. the lessons yeah. of the Dust Bowl. Learn the lessons of the Dust Bowl, my my friends. Um, the Dust Bowl and the Lindsay's. Mine is a little less intensive than that. <laughs> but, uh, but I thought that was really interesting, like really changed local ecology uh-huh. of, of like across whole states completely wow. and it just had a catastrophic effect so uh this is one of the ways to not do that well in talking about weather and about my garden that just got devastated by hail and mm-hmm. i said like 80 percent of it has is gone you know what 20 percent is still there is it the native plant it is my native plant okay and this i thought was so fascinating that um, native plants are more resistant to local weather. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, of course. So, like, if you live near an ocean and experience frequent hurricanes, salt-tolerant native plants are more likely to survive the high winds and salt spray than non-native plants that never needed to adapt to mm-hmm. such conditions. Yeah, it's like bringing something in from the outside, and it's basically defenseless mm. against whatever weird stuff your own local mm-hmm. climate is going to throw at it. In Colorado's case... Wind, rain, hail, and then drought, and then back again. And what are the plants that are out there right now in my garden that are doing okay? Yeah. Agastaki, also known as um, hyssop plants. Okay. Um, my echinacea is oh, okay. Good. My cat mint has been trounced, but it's going to come back for another bloom. Okay. I know it is. Is cat mint native to Colorado? You know, I think it's native-ish. Hmm. The other thing I learned about native plants is that they are rarely invasive. Oh, that's interesting. That they tend to be well-behaved in the garden because they've evolved within the community. And so they have natural predators that keep them in check. Um, It may be hard to know if a um, plant that was developed in like zone four will become invasive in zone six where we live. Right. And that's something that gardeners talk about constantly. You want this plant or that plant, can you put it in the ground or does it have to be in a pot or do you have to constantly be worrying about is it going to seed everywhere and go crazy? (laughs) I know. And and a side note, people ask me that all the time. I go, you know what I do when plants are invasive? I give them away. 
<laughs> like, and I just keep track of them or I put them in the compost bin and they become mm-hmm. part of my garden in a different way. Like, but that just, but to your point earlier, it takes more work. Yeah. To keep your eye on them, to dig them up, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, um, you know, one plant I think that I see can be very invasive is English ivy, oh, which is this beautiful yeah. vine, you know, that just makes you think of like being in a quaint English cottage. It's, I love ivy. I do love it. But it can be a real pain in the yard and it can overtake your vulnerable plants if you let it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's um, a really good point. So they're great for so many things. There was a list of like 12 or 16 different reasons that native plants were so good. I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Uh, well, I got another one. Oh, good. Hit me. Well, everyone is concerned about pollinators. Yes, for a good reason. And if you, the more native plants you have, the more your native pollinators, like you said, that symbiotic relationship, mm-hmm. they work together. Uh, birds, bees, butterflies use these native plants for food, for shelter, for nesting. And there are certain butterflies and native flowering plants that evolve together and are codependent, like the monarch butterfly and milkweed. Oh, I think that's so interesting that they had that they came up together, evolved together. And I would also just add, I think they're beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's not like you're just planting a bunch of grasses no. in your yard. Um uh, these are plants that have been here the whole time, kind of like underneath our noses. And, you know, something else might grab our attention, like a hybrid rose or, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful lily, which those are great plants. They are. But these garden favorites that have been here are still also very beautiful plants. They're so there's a whole, such an array of like, it's a palette of colors and textures and the scents. Like, it's like walking in the mountains and you see those meadows with all those yes. wildflowers and you're like, oh my gosh. The how- super bloom in California. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. How do you top that? It, they're so gorgeous. And you're like, oh, there's because they're so happy right here. Mm. This is where they were meant to be and they're doing it, doing their job. Well, when we come back, let's talk about how folks can find out where they can find their native plants. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what native plants are in our yard. Sounds what good. native plants we want in our yard. Mm-hmm. The dream, the That's native right. plant dream that I have now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vision. But first, how about an ode to hail? I think that's a real nice gesture on your, on your part, Christy. It's a real nice gesture. <laughs> an ode to hail, where hail did fall upon my garden's bloom. Where hail did fall upon my garden's bloom, in cold descent with a thunderous boom, it swept through my haven, both fierce and bold, leaving destruction a story to be told. Hailstones danced upon the once green ground, pounding the earth with a relentless sound, as if nature, with its icy hand, had painted chaos across this land. The flowers, once vibrant, now bowed and frail, their petals wounded as if telling a tale. The delicate stems, once reaching high, now bent and broken beneath the sky. But amidst this wreckage, a whispering voice, a silent resilience, a quiet choice. For in the heart of each broken stem lies the essence of strength, an unyielding gem. The gardener, undeterred by nature's blow, 
gathers the pieces with a spirit aglow. With tender care and a determined hand, they rebuild the garden where beauty will stand. For in the wake of Hale's cruel descent, a lesson emerges, like nature's intent. But even when storms rattle and shake, life finds a way, its spirit awake. And as the seasons turn, as they always will, the garden revives, its purpose fulfilled. New buds emerge with resilience unfurled, a testament to nature's enduring world. So let us not mourn what Hale has undone, but embrace the dance of a life that's begun. For in every setback, a chance to grow, to nurture the garden, to let beauty show. So have you had any hail damage in your garden this year? We have had very minor hail damage. Like there's some holes in some of the leaves. Mm. But for where, for whatever reason, wherever we are is in like a little pocket where the hail has managed not to hammer us yet. And I um, uh, I feel like it's hubris to be putting that out there in the universe. Like now it's going to come <laughs> uh -oh. for me. Uh -oh. um, but uh, so far... So good. Um, but now I feel just terrible saying that to anybody who lives around this neck of the woods because woof. Well, I think I, you know, I've been pretty lucky. I don't think I've had a real serious, I've never had a serious hail storm this late in the season. Yeah. Since I've lived in Colorado. So for 20 years. Oh, wow. I think this is the worst I've ever seen. I've had like little hail in like, you know, May, early June, and it's all been fine. Because nothing's been big enough, but right. this has been obviously been the most devastating yeah, in twenty like, years. So I guess we were kind of due. Yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm glad you dodged it for as long as you did, but it does. The, being the late in the season does feel like it stings a bit. Yeah, uh, I know. In particular, uh, yeah, and other places I've lived in this area before have really been hit hard, and for whatever reason this year. Yeah, and I should say that we did get a really big hailstorm once, but it was in March, so it didn't matter. Oh so yeah. Much. But we had billiard-sized hail. That sounds terrifying. The palm of your hand. Everybody in the neighborhood got a new roof that summer. All uh, summer long, you heard that tick, 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 yeah. tick of people getting new roofs. And then everybody's cars got poked with nails and had to get their new tires. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the summer of roofing and new Roofing new, and new tires. New tires. Yeah. People in Red Rocks, so several people got sent to the hospital. Right. Recently. Yes, and you know, that was big. This hail mm -hmm. that fell on my house was like just a lot of like of like small marble size uh -huh. hail. But that hail looked... It would almost look like it was like just shy of tennis ball, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it looked like huge and dangerous. Not it's, tennis ball. No, that's way too like, big. Like golf, golf ball. ball. Thank golf you. Ball. <laughs> tennis ball would, would be, like... uh, that would be impressive <laughs> hail. Um, but it doesn't, have, even still, smaller than that, so dangerous. Um, and we live with it. And, you know, sometimes it even gets a little owed. Because sometimes it is part of what we live with here. Yes, yes, so true. Well, let's look toward the future. Yeah, let's do. Ah, uh, and folks who want to get native garden plants, yep, yeah, you can probably, you know, go on the Google and look at all the tubes in the internet and find out. But here are some quick resources. Let us help you oh, in your search, let us shall help we? You. Well, the easiest place to start, friends, is your local cooperative extension. Mm -hmm. um, they should be able to provide you or at least point you to a native plant list yeah. in your area. Yeah. And those people live for that. Yeah. And it'll be and it'll be a good reliable one yeah. too. 
Um, there are some small native plant nurseries that are starting to pop up everywhere. And these nurseries are a great source for native plants as well as for gardening information specific to your area. So if you go to plantnative.org, uh, that has a state-by-state -state listing of native plant nurseries that you can go to. Oh, I love that. That's a great resource. And you can really kind of choose which area you're in. You can get it real yeah. localized. Um, and then we I, we should also say, though, just make sure that you get your native plants from a reputable source. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll help protect endangered species that can be illegally harvested in the wild, and well as ensuring that you are getting the plant you want and not an imposter. Right, right. Because things can have the same name and look similar, but not be quite the right subspecies. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm saying that correctly. And, and not be the same thing. Yeah. Well, there could be a lot of jerks out there. Yeah, there sure can <laughs> I have to say that, like, one of the native plants I would really love to get mm -hmm. is called a, a, let me see, let me find it here. Oh, it's called a Rocky Mountain Penstemon. Oh, yeah. And I've so seen it's those. A, it's a beard tongue, and it's kind of bluish purpley. But if you look really close at it, it almost looks a little bit like Creeping Bellflower, okay. which is the weed I hate most in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. So... You could you should be careful okay. about what you're getting. Yeah, you could get, and then all of a sudden it is invasive because it's not what you thought that it was. <laughs> right. Um, another great place to go to is um, wildflower.org. Okay. And this is an organization that's from the Ladybird Wildflower Association. I don't know if you knew this, but um, First Lady, Ladybird Johnson, was very big into wildflowers. And she was all about beautifying America and wanted people, as they were driving on the highway, to throw wildflowers out their window, I guess, or something like that. No, I did not. I've never so, heard this. Um, yeah, I think her whole thing was like, make America beautiful campaign. Huh. And so if you go to wildflower.org... Um, they also have a list of plants that are, one, native to North America, but you could also zero in on your own local community and habitat on which ones you should have. Nice. Um, and another collection to consider is that um, some native plants have been hybridized or bred with native attributes that um, improve certain plant qualities, such as extended bloom periods or size, or right. bloom color. Mm -hmm. And so they are referred to as navatars, or hybridized native plants. Okay. And so examples of this would be um, all the echinacea plants that are out there right now, uh -huh. uh, which is native, it's native to North America, but they have been um, hybridized to have different colors. That's why there are like 700 oh. different types of echinacea, also no known idea. as coneflower uh -huh. plants. Um, also different types of agastaki, also known as hysip. There are lots of different kinds of those okay. out there, which I have in my garden mm -hmm. too. So they're kind of natural-like. Not yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like, native -like. they're native adjacent in yeah, a way. Yeah, they're but not you know, quite that works the same, too. but yeah. Um, so you said you have one native plant in your yard. Yes. I was looking, I was like, yes, what are the natives that I've got? And I don't have, I was ashamed. I thought I had none. Because I've planted none, as it turns out. But I do have um, an Oregon grape. Oh. A creeping Oregon grape in the front of my yard. That is... It's a grapevine? Um, it's not a... It's not actually... It looks almost like a holly. It's Ooh. got like yellow flowers and these like sort of like purple berries. It's like a shrub. Okay. And um, I don't know why it is called an Oregon grape at all. But okay. I, I have that. That is native 
that is doing to Colorado, well. even though it's a call Oregon grape. Correct. Somebody was weird in the branding there. Yeah, okay. which is very confusing. But um, that's the one I've got. I, there's now that I've researched it, there's so many that I want. And okay, I, well, what do you want? Oh, hmm, okay, okay, dream so time. many. Um, I really would like some yarrow. Oh, I have yarrow. Yeah, and uh, again, this is sometime. This is a plant that people consider to be invasive mm-hmm. i was giving it away for a very long time and now i'm very low on yarrow but my favorite is called moonshine what it's color like is a, that? it's like a it's like a lemon yellow it's oh, just bright bright yes. bright and i gotta tell you this it's still out there it's a little squished from my hailstorm mm-hmm. Lindsay, but it is there and I it's trying it to make it yeah i also love another kind too it's called paprika yarrow oh i've seen that's like a bright red bright red but it starts off by it changes color as it's blooming so it'll kind of start off as being pink and then it'll turn red and then it'll turn pink again okay i think that's the kind i want that sounds beautiful We've got a spot that's just opened up next to our garage like wall because of all this construction. They cleared a bunch of stuff out, but now it's primed. Nice. It wants to be back there. Um, put some columbines in. I also have columbine. Yeah. I have um I have a couple different kinds, of course. The one that's most native to this region is the Rocky Mountain columbine, yep. mm-hmm. which is, you know, the state flower of Colorado. Yeah, yeah. for a reason. Why don't I have it in my garden? I yeah. don't know. You know, it can be kind of hard to germinate columbine. Okay, can it? Um, I have, I, have, I have it in two different ways. Once I just bought a plant and stuck it in, and it comes back every year, even though I have heard that columbines are biannual, so I don't know if this plant is reseeding itself. Um, but I've also very successfully winter-sowed it. Have you? Okay, I might try that. My winter sowing this year has only been like moderately successful as far as the flowers go. Mm-hmm. The veg has done pretty well. The flowers have been meh. Well, if you want so. a winter sow columbine, do it in January, February. Okay. It really needs to sit out. And folks, if you don't know what winter, winter sowing is, it is a outdoor method of seed starting that you do in the winter, which sounds crazy, but I you do it in recyclable materials like milk jugs or soda pop bottles or mm-hmm. things like that. I'm going to try it this year with Columbine. Well, this coming year, I suppose. Yeah, um, sure. And then there's edibles that I want. I was like, because I want to be able to eat everything that I grow. Um, and uh, so I might try some wild asparagus. Ooh, wild, that sounds fun. Yeah, right? Wild onion. Mm. Um, did you know prickly pears are wholly edible and are native to Colorado? I have seen people have those in their yard, and yeah. I think they are beautiful yeah it hasn't occurred to me to do it but maybe i'll give it a go yeah oh i can actually think of one more native plant that i do have that is entirely edible tip to tail dandelions Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they're apparently i've never eaten one but apparently they're highly edible some people love them and uh so maybe i'll just let a couple of those hang out you know, I have had the leaves before, and they are good. Are they? Yeah, they are good. Yeah, right. but mostly I just yank go. them. Yeah, I know. Well, they're 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 readily available. They will. I feel like we will never be at a lack for them. So <laughs> right, I think it's I okay. Well, I also have mm-hmm. um, that's native. It's I have a Rocky Mountain maple. Oh yes, the trees. Those are so so beautiful. And well, I got it because I was hoping it would be this beautiful red, a flame in the yeah, fall. Is right? it not? It, I've had it for 10 years, and maybe one year it did it. I don't know. I think it might, maybe it's the soil conditions, or <gasps> if I'm not watering it enough, though it's supposed to be a fairly drought-tolerant yeah. tree. But 
Um, I also have a choke cherry, which is native to Colorado. Oh, the, that's is, cool. That's very cool. Um, which is a great, uh, it's a great four season interest tree. Mm-hmm. It um, has beautiful white blossoms in the spring that smell like heaven. Oh, yes. And then um, all the leaves turn burgundy. So it's a burgundy tree. And then it has berries that the robins will eat. And um, and if you are really industrious, you can go pick them. the tiniest little 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 berry with a very big seed. So I'm not really quite sure how many I need to make some jam, jam or something. But <laughs> it's right. a thing. People have been eating choke cherries for hundreds of years. Uh, uh, but don't eat the seed because they're poisonous. Oh, the seeds are poisonous. Yeah, we found that out from a listener who wrote in to us in Mailbag <laughs> last year. So don't eat the seeds. Okay, that's important knowledge. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mailbag listener. Yeah. And um, I also have butterfly weed, which is native to Colorado. Uh, this is, of course, a t- form of the milkweed family. Yeah, butterfly weed's so pretty. Uh, mine is orange. Oh, I love that. I love I, orange flowers. I have successfully winter sowed it also. And it, this is one of those plants that has those parachute type seeds. So it has yeah. a seed pod. And when the pod opens, then all these fluffy uh-huh. things. So they're very hard to collect and very hard to plant because they're, they're just, it's like opening up a, a pillowcase with goose down in it. <laughs> but so exciting in the garden when it opens. And I also will want to give a shout out to... Um, Buffalo grass, okay, which I have in my lawn. Larkspur, which is a Colorado plant. Mexican hat. Oh yes, I do want some Mexican. Oh, I'll give hat. you some seed. Oh, winter, winter sows beautifully. Oh, I love that. Um, black-eyed Susan. Yeah, beautiful. I also have penstemon. Uh, lots of echinacea and agastache, as we've already talked about. Uh-huh. And my dream, in addition to getting Rocky Mountain penstemon, is I would love to get Denver Gold Columbine. Oh, which is a beautiful yellow columbine flower. That sounds beautiful. So, I don't know that I've ever seen too much yellow columbine. You see a lot of purple. So you get you get the state flower and I'll get Denver gold. All right. That be, sounds good. That'll be our goal. We'll be doing and we our hope you job. folks, uh, please tell us what native plants you have, what native plants you want, and um, plant some native plants in your yard. Oh, yeah. And we love to hear about it. Yeah. Let us know. You know, it must be time for something. I can't think of what it is. What could that be? I think, oh, I know what it is. What? It's mailbag. Ring, ring. (laughs) So for this one, what we've got is uh, we have a a letter from our dear uh, friend of Upside Down Tulips and sometimes guest host, Catherine. Catherine. So happy to hear from you. Okay, Catherine. This is what Catherine has to say. No dig beds update. Oh, good. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to keep putting down compost for the magic in the soil to thrive. Think of compost as the never-ending buffet. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good analogy. I found a couple of places in my no-dig beds created last summer that I could not dig in. The shovel wouldn't go in. Yes, I was trying to plant something with a big root system. Anyway, I realized I needed to keep presenting a buffet for the creatures in the soil. So she put down more compost and will wait for the fall to figure out when to dig next. But keep feeding that soil. That is a great point. That's a really good t- I I don't know that I would have thought of that. It, you really need to keep feeding the organisms. Otherwise, they stop doing their work. And I have not planted my no-dig bed. 
Isn't it great that I haven't done that it yet? It really is. <laughs> I didn't, you know, nothing died. And so I'm going to go do that after I clean up my garden as I can plant in my no-dig bed in the front and it'll be beautiful. It will be. It's a really lovely shape already. It looks great. I can I can visualize what it's going to look like and it's going to be great. And this is a good practice in not getting attached to things. Sometimes we do the things mm. for the practice. Mm. We want the result, but you can't guarantee the result. Yeah. You only guarantee the practice of doing it. Oh. And so that's nice. Yeah. Well, here we are faced with those sorts of um, lessons and reminders all the time, whether we want them or not. And keep putting down compost. And keep putting down compost for it. That's a good reminder, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I'm going to put more compost on my no-dig bed uh, next weekend. Um, and we appreciate your update. We hope other folks will write in and give us updates on how their gardens are going. Yeah, we look forward to hearing about it. Is your spinach two inches tall? <laughs> if it's not, tell me what you did. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing. Did you get hail? Will you please commiserate with me? Yeah. I would could use some hail buddies. Yeah, we could. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of hail buddies around these parts right now. Yeah. And, and do you have native plants? Yeah, tell us how they're doing. How could people write to us? Well, you could write to us at UpsideDownTulips.com or at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. Christy, I believe that you might have some inspiration for us today. Well, I sure need some. Yeah, we I hope this some. is helpful. <laughs> this is from the wonderful gardener, Jerry Baker. Successful gardening is doing what has to be done, when it has to be done, the way it ought to be done, whether you want to do it or not. <laughs> yep. That's probably true about many things in life. Gardening yes. included. Ah. Good one. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yes, and so that's why I'm going to be cleaning up after the oh. hail damage right now so that I can plant a new garden. That's right. And then who knows what wonderful new natives you might include. Mm. Well, guess what? You've reached the end of another episode of Upside on Tulips. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are Lindsay Pierce and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so very much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. And if you want to hear more of her wonderful music, just go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And thanks to the many talents and very kind heart of Edith Weiss. Edith! And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. So enigmatic. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, Lindsay, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down.